Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast, because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA Podcast, brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over Castle Rahan's First ever victory in Ulster Club Championship as they beat Devonish in the first round of the Ulster Intermediate Championship. Up in beautiful, beautiful Ellerney. Um, we'll hear from the Castellan manager, Brian Donoghue, and um, I think he was top scorer on the day, actually, Cormac Daly, um, also after the game. But to look back on the action, joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo Celta, as always. And Paul, I actually thought when, when Cormac mentioned that in the in the interview that that's their first ever win in Ulster. I it kind of took me aback and then I was like, I don't know why it's taking me back or why I'm I'm shocked by it, but you feel like Castle should have won something in Ulster or at least a game. Yeah, very true. Yeah. yeah. That kind of struck me as well listening to the interview with Cormac. Now he mentioned that they lost in 2001. Would that have been that tournament that time, or was it the official event no, in 2001? It was official event. I think the last competition to come into play was the junior, and it officially came in in 2001. Um, Ulster Intermediate had started in, I think, 98. And, um, now, I'm standing corrected on that one. I, I actually, because I looked it up in some of me build-up, um, let me just have a quick look, because I'll probably still have the tab open here. But I think I do think it actually was... It was in action in ninety seven, ninety eight. It was something around that when they when they started with the intermediate championship um in Ulster. Okay, right. So I must try and dig that out as we go on here and see can I find a report from the Celt archives of that two thousand one game, who they played. Maybe some of the Casaran listeners will let us know. But yeah, amazing amazing to to think that's the the club's first win. So it was a big deal to get a win and I was thinking about this, Damien. You were at the game, so you're going to be doing most of the talking here because I'm just going by your report for the Celtic, which was excellent. Um, but it's something new for Casaran, but it's actually something we've seen so many times before. Casaran playing in a, in a tight game and, you know, <laughs> yeah. coming yeah. out the right side of it a lot of times. I was actually looking back. They won the county final this year by two points, was it? Yeah. The one by two. So I'm just thinking back to this, let's say eight of the big games they, this Casaran team have played in the last four or five years. Um, they won a, they've won a county final by two points. They won a county final by one point. They won a county final by two points. So that's the Rammer game, the uh, the Crushalaw game, the Bally Hayes game. They also drew a county final. They also went to extra time in a county semi final. They were beaten by a point in the county final back by Kingsford back in 2015. They were beaten by... They drew a, a county final with Rammer and lost that replay by a point or two. So, Casarahan have been involved in more tight games than anybody else. Yeah. And that people wonder where does this, this resolve come from or this calmness under pressure in Casarahan. It's just experience. We were talking about the senior teams in Cavan, how they, they, they don't seem to be able to get the job done in Ulster, but that is definitely, without a doubt, in the 20 years of the competition, we've never had as experienced a team uh, representing us in the intermediate Ulster club. And there you go, to do it again. Like You'd have to have the height of, of uh, respect for these Casaran lads. Kean Mackey said during commentary on, on Northern Sound that, you know, he would be coming off having played games with Casaran and people would go like, oh my God, that was so tight. And there was never a feeling that it was tight, even though the game was tight on the scoreboard. They always had this feeling that they were in control of the outcome, that they were the ones who were going to dictate where the victory was going to go, regardless of how tight it was going to be. I thought that was a very interesting insight. My theory sometimes on it is that, like, yeah, you win tight games, but I think you you mentioned last week as well, like winning tight games at some point, the law of averages means you're going to lose a tight game. And 
maybe you've got to spread around a wee bit more and, and win a game or two comfortably just to to show that your level of performance isn't dictated to by the opposition. And that that could be where with Castle Rahan, their level of performance or or definitely their level of scoring is dictated to by the opposition in a way. Yeah, it's an interesting way of looking at it. I do think that um, they're very comfortable in a tight game, and mm. they're not. A, they're not. They're a very reliable team. Like they're a very honest team. They're not a, the sort of team that that's a flat track bully that to get on top of you, they're going to slaughter you and look like war beaters. But you know, if you can get on top of them, they'll they'll uh, they'll they'll fold. There's there's none of that. They're just honest. They're just on an even keel. They're nice and steady. They don't oscillate wildly they don't win games by 15 points and lose games by 15 points mm-hmm. they just stay they just play nice and steady we're, we're going to stay calm here we're going to make good decisions when it gets into the melting pot we're going to back ourselves and it's possibly in I know um, Devonish where a new team hadn't played them before I'm sure they've done their homework on them it's possibly got to the stage where it's got into the head of, of the opposition as well that if it gets tight that Casaran are going to are going to come up with trumps with the big scores like that is often the case around teams where there's that little bit of mystique about them. Now I know they got relegated, so that that uh, kind of puts pay to that. But in actual fact, they were well beaten in that relegation playoff. It mm-hmm. was a sort of total aberration. It was something that we'd never seen by Casaran before. So I, I think they're putting it right now, and it's it's great to see. That. And again, it it shows the intermediate championship in Cavan that produces good champions. Yeah, definitely so, and has done consistently over the last few years like that's I think I'm right in saying that so 2018 made a semi-final 2019 uh, Lara didn't but then you had 2020 Butler's Bridge did now 2020 or sorry 2021 Butler's Bridge did and, and 2022 now Castle Rahan so definitely the, the win rate of Cavan teams in the Ulster Club Intermediate Championship has gone way way up from where it was before and Lara were extremely competitive that year like <laughs> you keep repeating that it's it's true though like because they, they, well they were beaten by uh, Galbally yeah and, love- and they, they lost the Ulster final that year but you see what Galbally done to um, the Derry Champions at the weekend yeah, put seven uh, goals past him. Seven goals, seven was it seven twelve or something ridiculous like that? I was talking to somebody from from Galway, um on Saturday, and I said he was asking me, "Do do I think Castlerathen will win?" I said, "I think they will. I think if it's a tight game, he'll come through it. Um, they should just get over the line here. Although Devonish are a good side, and then I said, "What about yourselves? If we don't win by five or six points, we'll be very disappointed." Um, so. They weren't disappointed in the end, but yeah, oh. no, you're 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 right. I I know you. I, I I was slagging you. You keep going back to say that they put in a good performance, and they did put in a good performance. And I think we'll actually see how strong Galbally were more this year than than last than the dance sorry twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think so. Like Tyrone, yeah. Tyrone are very strong at that grade. I, I'd actually like to see. I might try and get it up here while I'm talking. Um, I have it in front of me. So they won it in twenty seventeen. With Moy, who went on to the All Ireland final, and did they win it against Gale Talk that time? They won in twenty sixteen with Pomeroy. They've won it in twenty twelve with Cookstown. They won it in two thousand nine with Cookstown. Two thousand and eight with Trillick. They won it in two thousand four with Pomeroy again, and in two thousand sorry in ninety nine they won it with uh, Brackaville. Crackerville. And they've lost three finals as well, I see. And they've lost four finals in that grade as well. So they're extremely strong in it to me. Like that Cookstown team, I think they might have won two All-Irelands. I think they... Yeah, I think they won, yeah, yeah, maybe two. Yeah, yeah. Like they won Ulster and next thing they find themselves back in, in Intermediate. They couldn't even stay in senior in, in Tyrone. So, um, yeah, it's, look, Galbally are favourites. They're 8-11 to favourites to win that Ulster Club Intermediate now um, with... Uh, mm. with Casaran and Cordoff are uh, joint second favourites at seven to two, so that's going to be interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. Before we we look in the game, let's hear from the Casaran manager Brian Donahue, and as I said, probably player of the match there and top scorer uh, Cormac Daly. Joined by Casaran manager Brian Donahue after a, a, an absolute hell of a battle out there. 
but yet at the end Castle Rahan managed to come up with the right stuff at the right time yeah Damien thanks very much uh, that was a titanic struggle there today Devonish are an, uh, an excellent opponent uh, we prepared very well across the last 3-4 uh, weeks we knew today would be a tight uh, physical struggle they have a lot of pace the O'Briens uh, Maguire half forward Flanagan full forward um, I think that game will do us a power of good 13-10 it was, uh, I thought the quality was very high so delighted now uh, Damien to be true yeah the, the quality was exceptional you've got off to pretty much as good a start as you can expect in the Ulster Championship game but they, at half time it was level were you disappointed going in at that? Uh, we were slightly yeah they, they, they took a little run before half time to bring it back to 5-5 five, five. we had uh, we had six wides in the first half which was you know it's three or four too many at this level at any level you know and we were disappointed in that but the boys knew that and uh, look at half time we're, 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 we're calm we're calm we stay composed and we stay on task and um, we knew the second half would be exactly the same and indeed I think I think they went in front 10-9 on the 19th minute um, and I knew then I turned to John beside me and I says now we'll see what these boys are made of but I, I have great faith in them great trust and uh, we gr- we ground it out as, as we as we do as we are doing and uh, that, that, that game will do us a power of good as I, I'm repeating myself there but uh, you know it's great stuff all the experience that this group of players has built up over the last decade it, it, it was needed there today because when you go behind with 9-10 with minutes to go in a game for the first time it's very very hard to turn it but 4 points was an emphatic response yeah absolutely and look at uh, uh, Cormac Daly's boomers like he kicked 4 points today Gavin was unbelievable he was, he was warrior like today uh, winning break ball driving Cooney breaking lines um, we, had a, we had a lot of very strong performers today and uh, definitely experience sure look at this group is tremendously experienced that was the big uh, you know the huge attraction for me getting involved with such a such an experienced group that we can try and hopefully drive them on we're back senior now and we really want to kick forward into this Ulster campaign an important part of the game and the winner of the game was the bench. You had a huge impact from Shane O'Reilly, Carl Cosgrove coming off the bench. Yeah, Shane's just in a few days ago from a, a wee family holiday in, in, in Florida and uh, yeah, the quality of his kick pass inside to release star and he slipped it to Carl and uh, that was a very important score just to keep the momentum going. Yeah, no, we're happy with our squad. Uh, uh, we, have, we have other options too if, if the game needed it, if, if, if conditions were different and if, uh, if our, our requirements were met, uh, we, we, you know, we have options to throw in so um, we're in a good place now and, and the two week run now into either uh, the Savile or Cardiff will be welcome Yeah, looking at that the competition comes very fast now and, and, and there's a rhythm to it but getting over the first round is the most important thing always yeah absolutely and, and look at that that's a common team on your excellent pods with with, with Paul uh, get get up and get running you know and it's great now for Cavan and, and fingers crossed going to do the treble now later on that'll be three victories for Cavan in the first round this year because we need this Damien you know we need our clubs uh, driving on and getting stronger because it brings the whole standard up and um, yeah we'll, 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 we'll tip in a scheme tomorrow we'll have a wee look at Savile and Cardiff and um, looking forward to that now it's fixed already it's the 27th at uh, 12.15 an early game it must be a double header or something so bring it on big time well done Brian and also semi-final where you belong thanks very much so delighted to be joined by Cormac Daly after winning the Ulster Championship quarter final here I suppose we'll start off with those two points because it looked like the game was in the melting pot. It was going to take something special, but you've done special twice there, so you did with those last two points. Yeah, um, to be honest, the shooting wasn't great hall championship. I was told not to shoot to happen. But um, no, I just I just backed myself and went for it. You know, uh, someone had to stand up and I just threw the boot at it. Look, I had to go wide, I would have got told what I was on about the scoring zone and all that kind of stuff. But just delighted to see them go over, I was to be honest. Once the first one went over, you were always going to have a go at the second one. Yeah, yeah. Once the first one went over, I felt confident again. And uh, luck, I just went for it and it went over. Thanks to God, some days it might go wide. I know down the championship, they're all going wide. But today, it just went over. So. It was one of those days, though, that it, it, it was going to take long-range scores to maybe make the difference because they were very defensively well-organised, Devonish. Yeah, yeah. We knew that coming into the game that they were defensive. They did pack the defence and... Sometimes you just have to do shoot from long distance, get them out, and we did. Thanks to God, they went over. Like, but um, no, happy enough with it now. Talk to us about the first half. You started really well. You got you got into a, a three point advantage, and and luckily you were in control. Devonish came back just before half time. Was there a little bit of nerves at half time then? Yeah, I don't think it was nerves. I think we were forcing the ball. We seemed to start kicking the ball a lot into the full forward line, and it was either bouncing over the sideline or it wasn't sticking, you know. And, and that was making them thrive more. Like they were getting attack after attack. And in fairness, in the first half, I think their shot rate was pretty decent enough. They, they scored most of them when they turned us over, and we just kind of talked at half time saying, just quit them silly passes, you know. 
and uh, just regroup. But we knew we were kind of like a good second half team. We always have been, so we knew coming in, we were comfortable too. You set up a really impressive full press on their kick-out, which mm. they struggled badly with. Was that something that you have worked hard on? Yeah, we've worked really hard, and in fairness, Brian's, Brian came in, and we've, we've kind of done that since 18. We've been working on that, in fairness now. And uh, we knew they probably didn't face that. We've seen them in the championship, seen them in the semi-final, and final Brian had videos of them, and they didn't face it. And we knew their big number nine, James Love and Barry Marone, they were going to look for them, so we knew if we couldn't handle them and try and make them kick it to the other players, we were comfortable enough with that too worked well then all of a sudden they started to flick it on in the second half and create gaps so you had to adjust at that point yeah we had adjust we were actually disappointed now because that that shouldn't have been happening on our behalf now we were a bit raging there should have been someone behind us there that's what we set ourselves away for doing so uh, we'll have to look at that now in the video analysis and address it but um, look it's just great to get the win and get through anyway talk to me about the start of the second half it was point for point it was end to end what was it like to play in Uh, hectic but we were kind of quite confident because go back to the semi-final against Cahollins you know that's the way we played against Cahollins and in fairness that was the exact same there like point for point score for score and we just kind of knew that Cahollins game kind of stood to us you know we, we've been in that kind of grit and we just knew as the people probably say we're a bit calm on the pitch we know we don't panic you know we just trust what we have to do we keep the ball move it well and try work the scores Two brothers playing. One of them, Kiyomaki, described as no regard for his own safety in, in yeah. the way he goes for ball yeah. and, and other safety yeah. maybe yeah. sometimes. But Kieran's save in the first half, that was yeah. massive. Yeah, Kieran's been brilliant actually all year for us. He's pulled off two or three good saves again. I know refer back to the Collins game. Look at the Collins game. He came out at the end, two big saves for us. And that's what he's worked on all year in fairness. And credit to the goalkeeping coaches. I know he does a lot with Mark Hanney as well on the side. And Mark Hanney's been very good to him over the last 18 months. And he's reaping the awards now. And his kick out there today was spot on as well for us. Looking forward to the semi-final? Yeah, looking forward to the semi-final. As I said, we're coming up here today. Uh, we haven't won an Ulster game. Castro never won an Ulster game. I think 2001 intermediate they lost in 2002, I think that was. We lost in 18 and 19. So today was just more about just get the club a win and the champion, the Ulster Championship. And so now we look forward to, I don't know who, who even is. I think Brian was saying maybe a Monaghan or Down Championship, is it? Yeah. So look, we'll, we'll still address it out and see what it's like. Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Yeah, Brian, obviously happy with the result. You can see, you can hear from it there. He he has an eye on the next round or had an eye on the next round. And it's one of those things, it's funny because I know that there's nearly this perception or this idea that you don't look any further ahead than the current task at hand. But yes, the more I speak to managers, they always have somebody looking ahead to what might come down the road. It mightn't be, it's not their focus, but they'll have somebody who is basically gone and watched the the potential opponents that they may come across so that they have the information at hand as quick as they need it, when they need it, or if that opportunity comes up. And I get the feeling from from Brian that he has he's done his preparation. We heard obviously he was going to go to in a scheme to watch um Cordoff against Saville. Um so but again I I thought the the full press that they introduced there was excellent. I thought when uh Devonish decided they were going to go long and try to flick on eventually after three or four of them uh, Castle Rahan adjusted, started the windows breaking ball again so the flick on wasn't really an option there they just dealt with whatever was coming at them on the field but they also had the homework done to to try to curtail what Devonish were going to be able to bring um, I thought it was like managerial wise I thought right on the money by Brian Donoghue again yeah, you'd have to be so impressed with with uh, Brian Donoghue with the job he's done with Casaran and and the way he has carried himself. Like I think has been excellent in his interviews and even on the sideline and so on. Again, I think certain managers are a good fit for certain bunches of players. Like, and I think this seems to be a good fit because he's very a very composed uh, figure as well. Even in his interviews and all, he measures his his words carefully. Like last week, I was saying uh, how like he was giving nothing away at all. He was saying we went 
we went south for a challenge and then we went west for a challenge or whatever. Like that, that talk about keeping your car close to your chest. But I, I think he, he's done really well. And like, of course, he's got John Clark there as well. Like, and there's no more staunch Casaran man and one of the great servants that in the Casaran jersey for years as well. So, um, yeah, it, it just seems to be working very well for them. It does. It does. They seem, they seem to have, I love the way he, he talks about the, you know, we were, weren't that happy in the first half or at half time, but we were composed. We were calm in the dressing room. And, and I think that that's a big, big thing, you know, that in those, oftentimes in those situations where you're after playing the better football for the majority of a half and you come in at half time and, and you haven't made it count on the scoreboard, it's a table banging. It's a, it's a bloody, Throwing up the boot, and the hairdryer comes out, and it's it's what he's doing. How'd you let the back in? And you, Brian does never come. He never comes across as if he's going to do that, or or if or if if he does do that, then it's a weapon. It and it means something. It has an impact. It's not going to be a constant barrage of 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 table throwing, you know. So I think I think you could see that in the second half as it came out. Like the start of the second half was a phenomenal phenomenal game to watch. Now, and I'm I'm not patronising anybody by saying this but it, it was senior championship standard to score for score end to end it was you know very very few mistakes for the middle of November in terms of ball handling uh, shot execution everything improved in that that period of the game for both sides and when Devonish went 10-9 ahead um, on the 21st minute you were kind of saying right after that first 20 minutes of the second half, you know, Castellan are bound to be spent here. They're bound to be out on their out on their feet a wee bit because that would have taken a huge amount of energy. And I thought at that moment in time, this is where it's going to get tough. This is this is where Castellan may fall off now. But and Brian Dunn, who obviously thought the same because he said to 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 John Clark, as he mentioned there, but the response was emphatic. It was absolutely, and I think that. Not just the, the quality of the scores, but the actual manner around the circumstance they were involved and how they involved in and how they managed that situation. I was so impressed with that. The final scores of the final four scores of the game all came from Castleran, and three of them were probably the top three scores in the game. So Cormac Daly's two boomers there, which which he was uh, which he was delighted with himself, you can tell in that interview. Um they, they were they were mesmerizing scores. They were absolutely brilliant. But then the ball uh, that Shane O'Reilly gave inside to Ushin O'Connell, like to try to describe it to our listeners, it was the score of the match for me. He and Mackie said the same on commentary that the ball was up along the sideline, just inside the forty-five meter line. Shane O'Reilly gathers it with his back to goals. He's with his back to the goals. We'll say sorry if he's facing goals, he was to the right hand side of the goals. But he gathers possession and instinctively turns to his left hand side and hooks the ball into an area in front of the D where Ushin O'Connell was making the run out. And O'Connell gathers it, and before he has to take a bouncer or solo, Carol Cosgrove has the run timed perfectly off the shoulder, and it's a left foot tap over. And the energy involved in that. That move, the the running by Cosgrove, the execution of the kick pass, the movement by O'Connell, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant to watch. It was a super score, a super team score, and a team where, you know, you can have questions over their forward line at times. Sometimes you're you're saying, you know, you can't replace a key Mackie, but I think what they showed at the weekend there was that they they are gradually going to replace Kiyomaki and it's going to take a little bit more time and it may take a collective effort rather than an individual. But I think the Carl Cosgrove and Shane O'Reilly impact means that Castle Rahan going forward and have more options to go and attack a game than they had before. But the, the composure was just brilliant in the last few minutes. Even like uh, the, the first score that, draw, that drew the game level 22 minutes into the game was from the resulting kick out uh, after... Devonish took the lead. Sean O'Gmagherty with a goal chance, but again, it was Stephen Cooney who I thought was immense, particularly when the game was in the melting pot. Like you talk about leadership, Stephen Cooney is the leader of this group for me. I think when you look at every time the game is tight, he's the one who is driving forward. He's coming from the half back line more so, but he's creating holes. He's punching holes in the opposition, and he punched a hole and then laid off to Sean O'Gmagherty who was blasting coming through. 
Um, could have easily ended up in the back of the net. Just, you know, he had to hit it fast. He had to hit it with power. You'd have liked to see it go low. It went a little bit high and just over the bar. But it was it was a massive, massive score. And I think once that score came through, the confidence was up in Casaran that they were going to, going to do enough to get over the line. How did you evaluate Devonish? I know it's hard to say based on, on one game, but like they were regarded as as a strong team. Talking to Fermanagh lads, they were, they were very hopeful this year that Devonish would would make a splash in this competition. Yeah, do, do you know what? Wait, wait, I'll take out my uh, magnifying glass. I'm just going to take out the program to have a look and see. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we'll not we'll not go too hard on it, but Jesus, these programs are very very hard to hard to read the tiny little writing on them. Um, do you know what? Devonish are a damn good side. They're, they really are. Um, I thought the O'Briens, particularly JJ, the captain, and their centre half back Fiona O'Brien or Finnan O'Brien, were excellent players. Like lots of pace, power, good on the ball, composed. They scored between the two of them a centre back and a full back. They scored four points. Um, Terence O'Flanagan looked good at the start, but I thought he was kind of wrapped up after a few minutes. Rory Maguire, a, a load of pace, like brilliant, brilliant player. Um, scored a superb point. He was under pressure then um, a lot of the time after by the, the Castellan defence, but still managed to find space with the pace that he had. I thought that Jason Love and Barry Mulrone in the middle of the field, two excellent players. Barry Mulrone's kick passing was just brilliant to watch. He was supplying ball onto the inside line, a good quality ball into space, um, looking for O'Brien, Jared O'Brien mostly onto that onto the end of that. But all in all, I I I genuinely I thought it was a very strong side Devonish. And and I know sometimes you're biased. In fact I, I know we're, we're we're very biased here, but I I didn't get the feeling that, that it was a weakened Fermanagh side or a weak Fermanagh champion. Like if you look at what they done in Fermanagh, they they dominated that intermediate championship. I was talking to um the Commentator with with BBC Jer, oh Jer Tracy, Jer Tracy, Jer Tracy from, uh, and he's actually from Devonish, and he was just saying before the game we were, we were having a conversation. He said, "Look at the one thing about this side is that there's lots of pace. You know, we can we can counter attack at great speed. We can we can run the ball. We can move the ball fast. There's great pace to it. And yet Castleran did look quite comfortable in it. Now, I will say." The pace that Casaran started off the game had caused Devonish an awful amount of problem, and a lot of that was down to Sean O'McGarty. He was he was first twenty minutes he was on track for man of the match, just causing them real problems. Had a goal chance, scored a point, set up Cormac Daly for a point. Every time he was getting the ball, he was making incisive runs through the the Devonish defence, and they couldn't handle his pace until they moved uh, Finn and O'Brien onto him, and O'Brien curtailed him a good bit up until the last maybe 10 minutes when the game was in the melting pot and he stepped up once again. Um, so I was very impressed with Sean McGarty. I thought it was a, a brilliant display by the youngster from Castle Rahan on, on that occasion. I On Devonish in, in total, in my total assumption, having watched them at the end of it, is that they were a better than average for Mana intermediate champion. Yeah, that was that was how they were advertised, to be fair. Like, um, and I think most of the anyone we were talking to from Fermanagh was quite honest. I find Fermanagh ones generally are quite pragmatic. Yeah. How do you, how do you assess their teams? If they're not much good, they'll say they're not much good. Um, yeah. they're probably a little bit different to Cavan. If we're if we're, we're allowed we're yeah. allowed to run down our teams to Cavan and we do run them into the ground, but no one else is allowed to run them down, and we'll go mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if someone from Monaghan turns around and says that that uh, our champions are not good, we'll we'll be foaming at the mouth with with outrage. But um. If anyone's yeah. going to hit my brother, it's going to be me. <laughs> yeah, so the focus is going to turn to Cordoff now, Damien, and that's going to be an interesting one because uh, Cordoff, obviously, definitely the most high-profile team left in this uh, by virtue of the fact that they're managed by, by Banty McEnany and they've got a big backroom team. The likes of Rory Gallagher has been involved in taking sessions with them and fellas like that. Which is very interesting because Rory Gallagher in the past has been involved with Castellan taking sessions. I didn't realise that. There yeah. you go. I yeah. didn't realise that. This year or? No, no, not this year. But I'm just trying to think what year it was. Um, I, I've never spoken to Rory Gallagher, but I know people who have. And the two things they've told me about him. One is that uh, 
he he has a temper, or he doesn't. You wouldn't want to cross him because he gets a flash in his eyes, and and uh, he he's intimidating when when he's when he's really fixated on you. And the other is that he's got the best football brain of anyone. Several people have said to me that his football brain is astonishing, and is he's got a forensic memory for players and teams, and he can he has the ability to predict exactly how a game is going to play out to a spooky degree, and that he's just off the charts now I've heard this from a few people who whose opinions I would greatly respect so it'll be interesting to see does he have insight to Kasaran if he's been involved with taking sessions with them he'll have some little level of insight whether it's of any worth at this stage who knows mm. yeah it'll be interesting I, I've, I've I've definitely heard the um, both of those descriptions of Rory Gallagher and one of them I, I, I would say is a 100% right the other one I wonder is it I know that Thomas Niblock started, or I heard Thomas Niblock on his podcast talking about Rory in that light. And I wonder, as part of it, um, as part of it, that that, mm. that basically it's it, it it's somebody says it, and and yeah, there could be there could be a bit of that, but like in it. But having said that, there, there's no doubt about it. He's intense, and with that intensity comes a huge amount of knowledge. Like when you're when you're that into it. You're going to know an awful lot. You're going to have a great football brain because you're you're constantly practicing at it. So, um, there's no doubt about it that 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 he, I, 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 I can't imagine it being a disadvantage to Cordoff in any way. It won't be no, and like Cordoff, uh, obviously they got over Savile and and Banty was quoted in the in the Gaelic Life kind of saying like, I think the quote was something along the lines of I don't know anything about Savile, but by tomorrow morning I'll know all I need to know, and which stood out. That quote. So he's got a big backroom team doing video analysis and all that kind of thing, and and they'll. they'll you, his quote was what? I don't know anything about. He said he said rat. something like, "I don't know about about Savile." It was before the Savile game. Before he said, the Savile game. Yeah, he said something like, "At this moment in time, I don't know anything about Savile, but tomorrow morning by breakfast time, I'll know all I need to know." Something along those lines. Right, okay. And it was it was a great line. I know if I was interviewing him, I'd be I'd be uh, beaming when I heard that line because that's the kind of color that you want, but. Uh, it probably speaks to the video analysis and, and the resources that are that are there. So mm. obviously it's Cavan against Monaghan as well and Cordoffer on the on the county border as well, just to really add a bit of spice to it. So it's going to be huge interest in that game. Yeah. And like Casaran are the fighting pride of Cavan at this stage, like along with Tremlane, obviously, but Ka, um Casaran at this stage are the, the team that's still standing in the highest grade of football and like I, I think there's a lot of respect out there for Casaran. Within the mm-hmm. county, I have never detected any resentment towards Castellan, which is very unusual for a team that that achieves so much success. Obviously, they lost a few finals, but like they won two leagues, they won two championships. They were they've dished out beatings to every team in the county, and they've done it consistently. Really, uh, like they, they struggled with Cavan Gales at one point, but they got the upper hand on the Gales and were at one stage were able to handle the Gales uh, reasonably comfortably. So, but I've never detected any resentment towards Castellan. I think yeah. they'll have they'll definitely have the full support of the county in this game. Yeah, and yeah, no, I, 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 I completely agree. I completely agree. On on the the resentment part of it, I wonder, you know, if they were being compared to Mayo for so long, that's you know they deserved a championship, and when they got it, there was nobody was going to mm. be annoyed at them, and when they got a second one, there was nobody going to be annoyed at at them or or pissed off at them. Yeah. On top of that, to be fair. They didn't rub the championships in anybody's nose. They didn't. They 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 behaved themselves in it like like champions. Yeah. They did. I th- I think they carried themselves well. Like and yeah, they definitely did. And they probably they probably suffered for so long that when they did get on top, they weren't going to start getting arrogant about it. Yeah. So yeah. I I. I have great time for this Castellan team, and I think that's reflected in the county. But I was actually trying to look up um that also club game in two thousand one. I can't find it, Damien. So maybe we're Maybe we're not right on that. Someone from Castro and the last know, but what I did come across was some interesting stuff that was in the Celt archives around that time. That was late two thousand and one. There was a there was a vote of conf- a great confidence in Val Andrews in in the county secretary's report to convention. But in actual fact, Val ended up falling on his sword um, after that that winter. I think I think that it was a meeting on September the eleventh. Whose valos is September 11, 2001, was obviously the Twin Towers came down, and that was the huge story in the world that day. So the Val Andrews story got buried, but that's when all that came to a head. 
Um, it was also around the time that that the Gales were competing very strongly. So the Gales won the county final that year, and people probably think that we were over egging it. Yeah, that was the four. That was the yeah. first one. Um, people probably think we were over egging it because we said for yourself we're in some paths that time or coming coming towards the. Yeah, you were gone, <laughs> but I was coming to the end of my time in St. Pat's, and there was, most of those games lads went through St. Pat's, yeah. And they were kind of all in your year, the year below it, the year below it, the year below it, the year below it, then my year. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we knew them well, but just looking at it, like in 2001, they won the county final in senior, they beat St. Unions in the in the Ulster Club, mm-hmm. which was a great win. They, they lost, they were well beaten by Ballandary 2 12 to 2 4. They won the under 21 division one. By one twelve to one two against the Rally Gales. That was the day when the referee got attacked. Uh, they they won the minor championship. Don't know what the score was, but back then they used to walk minor championships. So they were in the middle of a seven in a row of Division One minor championships that year. That was the fourth one. Uh, they went to the Ulster Minor Club and were beaten in extra time by Ballandary. That's right. Remember the game? I was up at it. Yeah, so like, astonishing, really. Like back in two thousand one, twenty years ago, you were at this. You were on the cusp of. An insane level of dominance by by Cavan Gales, which twenty years on now that wheel has gone full circle. But Castlerahan twenty years on, they were beginning their rise back then. They won an intermediate against the head really that year, like uh, like with Sean Brady sixteen playing on the team and so on. And uh, the wheel has come full circle, and they've won their seniors. Then now they've come back, they've won their intermediate, and here they are again. But interestingly, they were actually in Division Three when they won that intermediate championship, which I didn't realize. And that's what I mean was against the head. Because I, I remember Castle Rahan beating Red Hills at one stage in a league game around them by a point down in Red Hills. And Red Hills were very disappointed that that was a game they thought they might win. But Castle Rahan kind of sprung up. They had a lot of experience, a few young lads, and they sprung up and won that championship. But they actually won the Division 3 final that year as well, a couple of weeks after winning the championship, to beat Kildallan, Kildallan in the final by 113 to 110. So it's amazing to win to win an intermediate championship out of Division 3. Man of the match was David Maguire and John Carfrey, who I met recently at a wedding, and, and he's, he could still be playing football, I'll tell you that. He was the captain of the team. So I just th- thought that was that was a really interesting snapshot. But I can't find any reference to an Ulster club game, so I would have to get further if you want to. Then Finn won the Ulster. Uh, they beat Dungannon in that Ulster final. Oh, so there definitely was one. Okay. There was a competition. It's just a matter of at what stage were, were cast on beat. Or I would put any money on it that you were at that game, game Damien. There's, 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 there's a fair possibility, all right, but I I can't I can't recall it. I have to admit, I can't recall Castellan and Ulster. But Anytime I dig up an obscure National League game or something, like I just did there now, an Ulster Minor Club game in Belfast. I was at it. I was at it. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're at it. So we'll have to get information on this Castlerahan game because I'd be interested to know. Definitely, definitely so. Okay, we'll park the, the Castlerahan story because it continues to go on and, and next week we'll be looking ahead to their uh, their intermediate championship semi-final against Court Duff. Um, and don't forget, over on the Die Hard service, we were looking back over the Gauna and Skilling Gales and all the drama that ensued down in Bristol Park on Saturday night um, on the Die Hard service. And we'll be looking ahead to Drum Lane's uh, Ulster semi-final against Newtown Butler this Sunday at half one in um, St. Jonas Park in Clonus. In case we haven't already mentioned or you haven't already heard, um, Paul, big, big day Sunday morning around Cavan Town there's going to be a big crowd lots of celebrities but uh, I think it's a monument, monumental moment because we have to honour the past in order to inspire the future in my opinion and putting up this statue um, on, on or the unveiling of this statue on Saturday or Sunday morning will be I think a great great moment great occasion Yeah it should be Yeah, it's a half twelve on Sunday morning now it's going to clash unfortunately with the Jermaine game to some extent, it'll be possible probably to get the start of it and, and leg it to Clonus. Um, but uh, that's the way it had to be because Larry McCarthy is unveiling it and he's got a packed schedule that day. And also, there's a big function in London on, on Saturday night and uh, some county board officers and county council um, people are going to be over at that. So it had to be allowed time for them to make it back. But it's going to be a great day. A huge organisation has gone into it. Um, I know talking to Lachlan, like he's been sending out invitations to to some of the, the greats of the game from around the country and a lot of them are arriving up for it which is brilliant and, and loads of, of um, 
Cavan greats are going to be there. Like, for example, Tony Morris is going to be there. He lives in Navin. Great, great Cavan player of the 60s and an all Ireland minor finalist in 1959. Fellas like that, you know, it's... Links to the past of of great Cavan teams, so they're all going to take pride in that, in in being there. I think the the lads who were charged with with asking people to come to it, they've done a great job. They've invited lots of people. Marty Morrissey is coming to MC it, uh, as I said. Larry McCarthy's going to be there. The Sam is going to be there. So it's an opportunity for photographs and it's an opportunity to be part of history because you can always say, uh, bring your kids or bring your parents or whatever. You can always say, I was there the day that statue was unveiled and hopefully that statue will outlive us all. So uh, I think it's going to be a nice day um, and there won't be a whole, huge pile of speech or anything like that. It'll be it'll be nice and informal. Uh, Marty's going to keep the show on the road. So if anyone wants to come along, it's at half 12. It'll start fairly sharp. It's not going to be a, a typical half 12 that'll be really half one or anything like that. So no. everyone is welcome. It's it's in the market square and it's there's no tickets needed or anything like that. And of course... In case anybody doesn't know, it's John Joe O'Reilly's statue. Oh, sorry, yeah, that were that that will be unveiled. Um, and I, 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 I haven't spoken to you, or I don't know, have you actually seen the statues yet? Uh, the image of John Joe, I think that's what I'm most curious on. I hope it's the one where he's lifting the Sam Maguire with one hand. Um, and if it is that, I, I'll be delighted because I, I don't think there's any other pictures of captains lifting Sam Maguire with one hand up with that so um, I'm looking forward to it I can't I can't wait to see it but um, Seamus Connolly is going to be on site on, sa- on Saturday uh, to oversee the installation of it so like, this I'm is where the wee, the, wee, the sculptor the sculptor these are all the wee things you don't think about like it's like I, I'd be having nightmares about some lad lowering that uh, in and getting damaged or something so there's obviously it's a very delicate process to put that in place Seamus yeah. going to over- oversee that on Saturday so they're going to try and keep it more or less under wraps, even on Saturday, so that there's a, as Arthur and Lachlan were saying, we did the interview with them a couple of weeks ago, that there'll be a bit of a wow factor when it's unveiled, so I can't, I can't wait. Um, John Joe's brother, Seamus, is still go, is going to be there. Uh, he's got yeah. another brother, um, Vincent, up in, in Tyrone, who's who's well over 100, he could be 105 or something like that. I don't think he's going to make it down, but um, I'd be hoping his daughters will be there as well, so it's going to be brilliant. Um, Arthur has put together a programme, and it's brilliant. I've only seen snippets. It's brilliant. It's it's get a program when you're there as well because it's a keepsake and there's great reading in that as well. So all in all, it's going to be a great day. Yeah, very good, very good. Okay, um, final thing we'll bring a little bit of 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 news. Maybe not so much breaking news, but um, obviously the the there's there's a plans afoot for Calvin seniors getting back to to training. I think to start fully training at the end of the month. Um, twenty fourth, I think is the is the date when when county seniors are allowed to train back. But from speaking with a few people in around the squad, um, there there is obviously a few changes. Niall Murray and and Chris Connery have stepped aside as we, uh, have mentioned in the past, and Thomas Galligan is is heading off traveling for a wee bit. Um, there's a few other changes to personnel within the panel, but we'll talk about there's a change in management. Firstly. Um, Shani Johnston has stepped down as coach. Um, I think it's obviously fam. Well, sorry, it is of his family commitments. Essentially, he has two. Sorry, he has three young kids under the age of four. Um, and the the um the load taken by being a coach with the county seniors just wasn't manageable with with the with the family life. And I wanted to get your opinion on this, Paul. Is that Something that shows where county football has gone to now that you know you can't actually balance it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of the situation, but um, it is. It is. It, like we keep hearing, and it is. It's a. It's an enormous commitment, mm. and you know maybe the maybe the job satisfaction is not there as a selector either. Like to be fair, like maybe maybe um, some some fellas would rather be a manager or would rather be in a different role involved with teams or whatever it is it would rather be over club teams or something like that so it's it's tricky like it's it's a massive massive commitment like we, we don't know the half of it you know you know it with the 20s but um, I don't think people really genuinely realise the half of it that goes into it so and you're also an ambassador as well I'd say it, it defines really every day of your life really because you're knocking around the county and you're you're kind of a, a public face of the county team 
as well as being yeah. as being your own man like so it's, it's pressure as well and um yeah i i would respect any fellow who, who puts his hand up to do it because especially in the county like Cavan, um chances are you're going to get you're going to get as many kicks in the arse as you are pats in the back it's definitely it, it it is it, it's gone to a level and i know from talking to a, a lot of other people who are involved you know it it does impact on family life. There's no, there's absolutely no two ways about that. It, it I have, I have two young girls, and if it wasn't for a very understanding wife, I wouldn't be able to do, you know, the job as on the twenty manager. And it, I can only imagine with with twins and 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 an older boy that you know it's just impossible. It's 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 absolutely possible. And then obviously there's a they have a fourth child as well. So it's I, I, I can understand why he's stepping away. I can understand the time restraint in terms of why it's it it is just getting to the point where it's not really possible to balance it um and and have a normal life, you know, or what people would perceive to be normal in any way. So um I think it's it it's uh it's it's a disappointment, but I think there'll be time down in the future that it'll happen again or Shani will be back involved, I've no doubt about it. Um few additions we we uh, can confirm that are gonna go into the county uh or are definitely gonna be in to try out for the county. Um and I was just trying to think. I, I I think it's nine or ten. I have a few of the names written down here, but I I, I must you, you remind me of who I'm missing. Uh, David Brady from Bally Hayes, I understand, is in, um, or is going to go in when when they get up and going. Uh, Brandon Boylan from Crushalaw, Connor Rehill back in from Crushalaw, and John Cook is in from Crushalaw as well. So I think they're three welcome additions into it from Arville. We've Tristan Hoffman. And Johnny McCabe in as well, um, which I think is is fair enough. Pair of boys done done well throughout the championship. They were they were, yeah. they were excellent for them. Um, I'm just trying to think who else. I know that there's more, and I've forgotten about them. Well, obviously Darren McVitie is back in, um, in in the folds there as well. We're hearing David Brady. David Brady, yeah, mentioned him. Um, I'm just trying to think. There is there is more. There's nine or ten in total. Um. That that have been Quivin McGovern, I understand, is back in um around the squad, which is great to see considering the, the, the year and a half, two years he's just had. Um and gosh, my mind's gone blank now. But there is more. Yeah, and we can confirm that Killian the Gunner's still part of the panel, even though um Yes. Even though that was a rumour going around and it was it was uh in inverted commas confirmed by by uh, one online Outlet, but no, there's no truth in that. <laughs> no, Gillian the Gunner is definitely staying staying on for another year. Um, and actually getting married this weekend, I understand. So we wish um Killian and Lisa the very very best of luck with their with their wedding this weekend. Uh, more Lisa than Killian, to be honest. It's she's going to need the luck. So she's. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's 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 there is those few changes in around that county squad. Few new names, and I think it's important. For a county team or any team to have a little bit of freshness, you know, to have have some turnover of some sort. We don't want to see the level of turnover that we had back in the the, the noughties. Um, you know, that it, it was way too much at that stage. But there, there is a need for turnover. And do you know what? In reality, Paul, I was only thinking of it when I started writing the the the, the piece for uh, about Niall Murray and Chris Connery. We're we're going to come into that period now in the next two three years where there has to be turnover. The age profile of the the, the players who have been steadily there for the last eight nine ten years, their, their age profile will dictate that there will be a turnover now in the next few years. Yeah, oh, there will, there will, yeah, there will. Like that, Cavan team is very seasoned. I know Mickey Graham made a throwaway comment about them being a young team last year. I think it was after the Donegal game, but certainly not a young team. They're a team that was very seasoned, and um, there's definitely going to be flux there. And I suppose Niall and, and Chris are the first two of the sort of long, really long-serving players to move on, um, and there will be more as as the thing goes on. So, in fairness to Mickey Graham, like he's definitely not shy about trying out young lads at all. Like he has thrown in, he has thrown in plenty of young lads and given them a good crack at it. Like Keane Riley's a good example. Started him in the championship against her own. He's thrown in Sean McAvoy and Keithy McGovern and Niall Carlin and lads like that. 
he's not one bit shy about throwing in young fellas, which would have been probably the experience he had as a player at, when he, at that age when he was in the mix in the county panel as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to it's going to be great to see now. Hopefully, some of these players can emerge. You can imagine some of the Garner lads might break into that squad now as well. That the Garner's season is finished. It's bound to be a couple of those. There was talk maybe Tierney Madden might have been one, was it? Or? Yeah, there was talk Tierney Madden. Um, another one actually, I forgot. I think Ocean Kieran from Den. Ocean is right. Yeah, is being spoken about as well in in there. So, um, in fairness, all 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 of the lads that have been that I've heard their names being spoken about. Um, or or that 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 Mickey Graham has spoken to, every one of them deserve it. Yeah, if you deserve a crack at it. Yeah, you know, oh, completely, completely. And like Oshie Karen, I I do remember we we were talking about him a lot this time last year because then we're going well and like physically very powerful. Like yeah. that was the first thing you'd have to notice about him. And he clutch player as well. Like he came up with big plays when they were needed as well. His leadership quality. So be interesting to see can he step up. It's a big step up, obviously, to county level, but. He has played underage with the county, so all the lowest lads are, are are exciting. Like and and there's nobody that you can say of that list doesn't have the potential to to uh, make a positive contribution at senior and county level. So okay, hopefully, hopefully now the squad will be stronger this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'll we'll bring names uh, of the squad. I'd say it will be into December before it's officially announced. Um, but we, we'll try to bring the the full squad at that point to you. Okay, folks, that's all we've time for on the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Thanks a million for listening in. Don't forget to check out the Die Hard service uh, where we go into more depth on all things Cav and GAA. But uh, from now until next week, have a good weekend. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Carvinator, yeah! Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap, and Cavan are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill. What a day he is having. Oh, this is brilliant by Cavan. Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah! <laughs>